Okay, good morning. I think I know pretty much everybody here, but if I don't, uh, my name is John Ashton, and I'm joined here by Kevin Riley. Uh, I'm one of our elders here, uh, if you're one of those couple people I don't know. Um, so every year, we ask our congregation to recommend names to be considered for eldership. Um, if there is anybody here who's not familiar with our form of governance here at Crossing, we are led by a uh, council of elders. There are five of us currently. Uh, Kevin has been nominated to join us as a sixth. So there's been a, a pretty long process going on whereby Kevin fills out these long questionnaires and we grill him and all that kind of stuff. And we ask Diane to come in, his wife, to give us the real story and all that sort of thing. So, uh, so we're through all that and the Council of Elders has, in all that, has found that Kevin to the best of our understanding conforms with the requirements of uh, 1 Timothy 3 about the character that an elder is supposed to have. But we're only five guys, and so the next step in our formal process is it comes to the congregation. So if you are a member of Crossing Community Church, there is an envelope that looks like this for you in the back. And in that envelope is your ballot. And what we ask is that you prayerfully consider Kevin as an elder here at Crossing. And there's just two little boxes, a firm or... Anyhow. Yay or nay. Yeah, there's a yay or nay on there. Um, so once you have that, prayerfully consider that. And it needs to be returned by two weeks from today. Okay, so... You can send it in. You can if so. I guess we're not we're not on TV anymore, right? Okay, not live streaming. So so it's just those of us here. You can uh, you can send it back in to the church office if you're not going to be here present physically. You can bring it to the church office. You can put it in the the boxes. When you put it in the box, though, you don't need the envelope because these are anonymous. So when you put it in the box, just put the ballot itself. Obviously, if you're mailing it, you got to mail it. Uh, so. Kevin is going to share his testimony with us here this morning, and uh, so we just wanted to pray for that for a moment before uh, he does so. Our Father, we're really thankful to you for our brother Kevin and uh, his desire to serve you in this way. Lord, we know you tell us in your word that a man who desires that desires a good thing. And so, Lord, we just ask that uh, you would guide the direction of his heart, that you would guide us as a congregation. And uh, Lord, that the words he has today would give us each, those of us who don't know him very well, give us a picture of his heart, but most importantly, give us a picture of your just greatness, your wonderful love for us. And um, Lord, we just look to you for all that and thank you for Kevin and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, John. It is a wonderful love that he has for us, and uh, it's my privilege to candidate here crossing for eldership. I uh, and my five sisters and younger brother were raised right here in what was then rural Newtown. Uh, we grew up among the farms just north of town. In our younger years, we were a strong Roman Catholic family, faithfully attending uh, St. Andrew's School and Parish. 
It was there I learned about God within the very indoctrinating structure of the Catholic Church. Um, and I want to say at this point that that is, uh, was a great foundation for setting me up to learn what I needed to learn. So moving fast forward now to my senior year at Council Rock, I met a girl in my Spanish class and we became friends. I eventually gathered enough courage to ask her for a date. She declined, citing that she had conflict with something that was going on at her church, if you could believe it. Um, and, and so it, it was really awkward because I sat right next to her in my Spanish class. So a few more weeks went by and the awkwardness seemed to fade back into a genuine friendship. So I asked her again and I got the same exact reply. However, there was something very genuine about her and her devotion to her church, her friends there, and you know, it wasn't spoken, but God himself. So on the third request, <laughs> I was rewarded with a date with her. We went to a basketball game. Sometime after that, she personally invited me to something she called a church youth group. She assured me that I would probably like it, and so I went. And for the first time in my life, I heard what everyone in her youth group was calling the gospel. She assured me, um, oh wait, and of course, I was trying to process what this gospel meant and how it might differ from my Catholic upbringing. The gospel seemed to say that there was a free and irrevocable ticket to heaven if I just believed that Jesus came to the earth to die for my sins, and if I believed that, and that alone, I would have eternal life. That was a, a, a very hard to believe message. I already believed that Christ died for my sins. That wasn't the problem. It was being freely accepted into heaven by just belief. I was not at all sure about that. I agreed with them that nobody was perfect, but you had to contribute something, right? It just seemed too simple. Wouldn't God require more of that from us? A little more time went by and she invited me to an overnight church youth outing in the Poconos. It was uh, some kind of special teaching and worshiping weekend for the youth group. I was definitely out of place. Yet, I listened to the gospel being taught and let my caution go. I chose to embrace it as truth in those moments, that weekend, and the wholeheartedly joined into the worship with everyone else. I felt an amazing relief with overwhelming joy having believed that I was going to heaven at the end of my life, whenever that would be. Sadly, that is not the end of the story. My own analytical nature got me into trouble soon afterwards. My issue was simple enough. How could this amazing thought of receiving an eternally secure salvation be as easy as believing that I was a sinner, I knew that, and that Christ died to eradicate all of that sin through judging himself on the cross, his, his son, Jesus. So 
After pondering this for a few weeks, I was sure that eternal life had to be more complicated than what I've been told. Still, the girl I was trying to date continued to be gracious to me, and I went to a few more church youth meetings. Later that summer, I headed to my freshman year at college while she continued as a senior in high school. A year later, I developed a neck and back pain from a horseback riding incident, and I returned to college again that fall, but my health began a long, steady decline. X-rays revealed nothing, and there was no amount of muscle relaxants that could ease my pain. I began to lose hope that I would ever live pain-free again and could not imagine what this was going to look like even a few more years down the road. I pushed on through the next couple of years very exhausted and contemplating many things about my life, including that salvation message that I had heard and later rejected. How could that message be so simple? When it came to religion and even so-called Christianity, people had so many different opinions about the Bible. What was the truth? Was God trying to get my attention through this pain? I had to find out. Broken, desperate, and having no other option, I turned to the Lord and prayed that he would reveal the truth about himself to me. I decided that the only way I could find out the truth was to read the Bible for myself. And it was, it was, I was not going to be the subject to someone else's opinion of it. I had had plenty of that. So I asked God to please show me the truth and what to know and believe. I committed to read this and study the Bible from beginning to end. If he would choose to heal me, that, of course, would be amazing. But above all, please let me know the truth, then do with me as you will. I spent over a year reading and studying the Bible as best I could without using any other person or reference material that might potentially lead me astray. As I worked my way through the long details of the Old Testament, I was quite confused by the biblical demand that the old Jewish laws be kept. Given my confusion and my need to resolve it, I believed at that point that God was leading me to seek some outside help. At that very time, a friend of mine invited me out to visit his church. I went and was amazed to find uh, right here at the podium, the Bible opened and the teacher or pastor reading the scriptures verse by verse and then explaining them. <laughs> That's exactly what I was trying to, trying to do myself. Uh, it was such a help. I, I finished reading the New Testament for myself and I came to understand through the scriptures that no one could obey those Old Testament laws laid out. In fact, if anything, they pointed to the fact that it was impossible to obey them. And we, I had this problem in front of God with my sinfulness. According to the scriptures also that I was reading, the consequences of the sinfulness was God's righteous judgment on those sins forever for me in death. And further it says, Jesus died once and for all for all mankind and just the just for the unjust, 
that we may be brought completely righteous into God's presence. All that God required, according to the scriptures, is that we believe it. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will save, be saved, Acts 16, 31. I, I believed. Um, I did eventually marry the girl from my high school Spanish class, Diane. And as I said to her earlier, I am eternally grateful for her faithfulness to God and to me. Uh, and by God's amazing grace, I was given back my health. One of the scriptures that, of all the ones that I read that framed the clarity of my issue was Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace we are saved through faith, and that not of ourselves, it's a gift from God. Not a result of works of any kind that we could put together in any kind of effort to bring to him. It is grace and grace alone. Thank you.